Welcome to the Regents University London podcast. In each episode, we'll be inviting a Regents academic to talk about something of interest related to their field of study or exploring the Regents community. In this episode, Dr George Yates introduces the film The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, exploring how the film captures the zeitgeist of the mid-60s and reinvents the genre conventions of the spy thriller. In the first part of this episode, Dr Yates will introduce the film There will then be a brief pause where you may watch the film if you have it. And then Dr. Yates will return for some concluding comments. Welcome everyone. The movie I'm going to be talking about is John le Carre's The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, a film from 1965 based on the author's 1963 novel. Uh, and both this novel and the movie that was based on it uh, were an enormous success. Uh, this was a really, really successful film that changed the author's life, uh, made him an international bestseller, uh, and which was a great critical and commercial success. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that that I'd like you to think about when you're watching the film. Firstly, I think this is a really important film because of how it captures what you might call the zeitgeist. That means the the spirit of the time in which it was made. So it's a film from the mid-60s that really captures some of the issues and anxieties and fears that that mid-60s generation uh, suffered from or that afflicted them. And the second reason why I think it's an important movie is because of its place in the history of the genre the kind of category of film that it belongs to. So this movie, The Spy Who Came From The Cold, is a spy thriller, and that's a genre that has certain quite definite kinds of conventions, rules, uh, structures. And this film really, I think, reinvented those kinds of conventions. So as you're watching the movie, um, I'll just draw to your attention some things to think about, some issues to kind of consider. Firstly, to do with this film as kind of capturing the zeitgeist, the spirit of its time. And I think it does that in three respects. Firstly, because how, how it responds to the construction of the Berlin Wall, which happened in 1961, four years before the film was made. Uh, the author, John le Carre, was an employee in the British intelligence services in Berlin when the Berlin Wall was constructed. Uh, he saw the wall going up and the wall seemed to symbolise to him the physical and the ideological division of Europe uh, at that time. So it's a film that's very much inspired by that kind of anxiety uh, and that fear about the implications of the construction of the Berlin Wall. Uh, More generally, it also taps into public anxiety about this this different kind of war that seemed to be taking place at that time, this Cold War, uh, this war that wasn't being fought on battlefields, that wasn't visible or clearly open, but this war that seemed to be fought in a clandestine, hidden, um, underground kind of fashion. Uh, so it's it's really a classic uh, film of the Cold War period, I think, this movie. Um, and the third respect in which it taps into the zeitgeist, and you need to know a little bit more about German history, I think, to appreciate this. The third respect is the issue of denazification in Germany. Uh, the film is made at this point when Germany has been divided into two states, 
the German Democratic Republic, so-called East Germany, and then West Germany. And each of these states presented themselves as being fundamentally different to Nazi Germany. Uh, the German Democratic Republic presented itself as some kind of Marxist utopia, and West Germany considered itself to be a liberal democracy. And both states were at pains to depict themselves as being separate from the Nazi past. In fact, one issue that this, this novel and this film explore is whether that was really true or whether there were in fact quite high-ranking administrators within the Nazi government system who had transitioned into both of these new states and therefore neither Germany had really decontaminated themselves fully of their kind of Nazi legacy. So I think those are the three if you like, political social contexts that are really relevant to the movie and look out for how those, are, how those are portrayed in the film. Just to turn to its importance within the genre of the spy thriller, I'd say it's a very innovative film within the genre for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because of how it treats the figure of the spy hero. In most spy films, the hero, the protagonist, is three things. He's good-looking, romantic, uh, he's very brave, courageous, and he's ultimately successful. He, he's victorious, right? He saves the day, all the states, all the secrets, whatever it might be. Think as you're watching this movie whether this spy hero conforms to that type. So the, the central figure is a character called Lemus. Is he a classic spy hero or is Le Carre doing something different with the character? And secondly, in more general terms, think of the moral structure of the film. In traditional spy thrillers, what we have is a very polarised kind of moral structure in which one nation, Britain, in our literary and cinematic tradition, Britain is characterised as good and the enemy, whoever that happens to be, is characterised as evil. So the difference between nations is also a difference between moral categories. Do you think, as you're watching this, that we have the same kind of moral polarisation in this film between good and evil? Or does the film, the film ultimately seem to be more morally ambiguous to you? Do we have more moral kind of grey areas? And in relation to that, I think especially about the final shot of the film, the final events of the film and what the final shot of the film uh, shows you. So those are a couple of things to think about and I hope you enjoy the movie. So I hope you enjoyed uh, the film, obviously rather perhaps depressing in terms of some of its content and, and its outcome. And I think just to return to those questions that um, I asked you to, to think about, uh, I think you get a strong sense in the film that, in fact, neither of these new Germanies uh, is fully denazified. We've got this plot line involving this character Munt, who is this rather ambiguous character who ostensibly works for the East German Secret Service, is actually a double agent for the British, and before that was actually a, a Nazi. So he's someone who's managed to operate within all three uh, governments um, and has survived the supposed purge or um, detoxification um, of post-war Germany. Um, and just to think especially about the, the questions to do with narrative conventions. Very striking, I think, that Lemus, the protagonist here, is not, I think, a traditional spy hero. You'll have noticed his alcoholism, his kind of disillusionment, um, and how, if he is successful in the film, 
he actually, I think, by the end, regrets his success. He comes to feel alienated from the kind of mission uh, that he was sent on. And therefore, we have in the film, I think, something that's very different from the traditional, rather simplistic kind of moral polarisation that you get in a narrative like Buchan's The 39 Steps. Um, the reader by the end, I think, and the viewer of the movie, not really knowing perhaps where we stand or where we should stand. And Lemus, you'll have noticed, himself ends the film in no man's land, in that the final shots of the film show him lying at the foot of, of the Berlin Wall in neither the East nor the West, uh, and perhaps not knowing uh, which of those states or which of those governments um, he, he now identifies as being better than, than the other. Um, so a film that is very significant, I think, in terms of how it reinvents uh, a set of narrative conventions uh, and a film which has therefore gone on to be uh, very, very influential on, on other movies that try and question the idea of there being a very simple kind of moral polarities in the world. Thank you for listening to the Regents University London podcast. To find out more about the university, please visit regents.ac.uk.